How's it guys? Welcome back to the Anonymous Podcast, the Anonymous All Podcast. I'm your host, Anonymous Bennett. And before we continue, make sure you to hit that subscribe and join the Anonymous Gang. But semi-finals are out of the way. We are now in the final home stretch. You know, New Zealand beat Argentina, South Africa beat England. And wow. New Zealand and Argentina, we'll get to that later. But South Africa and England. Going into the game, England had no chance. No chance whatsoever. Everybody's writing them off. You know, they've been playing boring rugby. They haven't been scored, scoring tries. In the game against the Fijians, they were physically dominated. Um, they were picking, they picked Owen Farrell at 10, which is, for me, I thought they were benching their informed 10, George Ford. But they kind of proved everybody wrong. And the way they did that was, to me, I look back at 2019 Springboks. Boring rugby. But it works. But I think England took that 2019 Springboks boring rugby and made it even more boring. But it just worked. It keeps on working. And that's what I said in the previous video. That throughout the pool stages, they were just doing enough to win. And I mean, that's what you've got to do at the end of the day. And then in the semi-final, nobody gave them a chance because they weren't really playing good rugby. But then what happens? They controlled majority of the game and then somehow Springboks decided to actually play rugby in the last 10 minutes but all credit goes to England that was one hell of a game like I said the box were beaten in every facet of the game for the 70 minutes and then in the last 10 they are gonna say they finally found a foot in the game but what the box have been prone to in this Rusty Erasmus era is Poor starts. And I think it's after the 2019 World Cup where we've had games where we've just started poorly and then we got to somehow fight our way back. And you know, if you watch the Springboks play, that's not the best way we go about things. We like to get a lead and then manage the lead. We're very good at that. We like to suffocate teams with the lead we got and then force them to make errors. But now you saw it in the rugby championship against the All Blacks. You know, the All Blacks started quick and fast and then the box were nowhere in their game. And then I thought we had it out of the way with the Twickenham test and the game against Wales in the warm-ups and the early pool stages. I thought we, you know, we, we got that, that, that start out of the way. We were starting well. But then the game against the French, you know, didn't start well. And then now against England, didn't start well. It's it's something that's got to be sorted up. And is, is, could it be a mindset thing? Could it be underestimating? I wouldn't say it's underestimating your opponent. It's just it's not switching on from the minute go. And when you see them walk out the tunnel, you would think they are switched on. But it does when when the the kickoff begins, it doesn't seem like they they're hundred percent there, and they sort of have to settle into the game for the first twenty minutes and sort of it, stay alive for the first twenty minutes. And the All Blacks pounced on that in the rugby championship and I can say the French and England have now done it again. It's just something the box have to work on. But even though we struggled in that first 20 minutes, we struggled throughout the entire test match, you know, going up to the 30th minute before they took money of the box off, we couldn't get a hold in the game. The English were just playing so well. They were tactically playing one of the best games I've ever seen them play. And it's boring, but it works. Um, Alex Mitchell, they, 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 they nine, the contestable kicks that guy gave, you got Johnny Mann, Elliot Daly on the wings. They were going out for those balls and getting the balls to bounce back their way. It was sort of 
playing one to two phases, contestable kick, see if this box make an error, and then pounce on that, get a penalty, kick for poles, and then, you know, take take the three. And I mean, Owen Farrell, the guy was on point. Throwback to 2019 Rugby World Cup final. He missed a few kicks. This time around, the guy was, yo, he was eating them dead center. He was, he was cooking it, really. Fair play team, though. Like, I despise him, but that man played one of the best games I've ever seen him play from a... Uh, a control and like a, a general role like I said I thought George Ford leaving him out was major but Owen Farrell controlled that game with the grubbers in behind the contestable kicks I mean the they they the, tech tactically that was a master stroke from from the English one could even say that the box were rattled in that first off like we couldn't we couldn't get a hold of the game and whenever we had a penalty or something went our way the English always had something to counter that, and it would, it would like, we would get a penalty, they would get a penalty, and it, but it seemed like they were always in control, and that's what I, I was watching the game, and I was like, I'm not feeling good about this. At halftime, I wasn't feeling good, and then let's talk about that Manila Bok 30th minute take him off. I mean, some could say the conditions weren't. He's, you know. He doesn't play his best rugby in those types of conditions. You know, he likes to play running rugby, dry, dry field rugby. But is money beginning to crack under the pressure? I mean, it's not something where that it's not it's not like we're new to it. It's we've like being a Stormers fan, we've seen it in the URC knockout stages where throughout the entire season money will play brilliantly but when it comes to knockout rugby towards the end of the season it just as a slight dip in i wouldn't say necessarily form but certain aspects of his game just goes out the window and i mean this past weekend he couldn't kick down the field correctly i mean like his line out kicks were poor he was hooking them and even though when he didn't hook them, he couldn't even get much distance on them. And his general control over the game and his contestable kicks, they weren't up up to standard really. And is it just because he's not bolted out for knockout rugby as of yet? But then we brought in the general pollard and I mean what coconuts it took for, you know, Jacques Nienaba and Rasi Rasman to take money off in the thirtieth minute and then put Pollard on. And then Pollard I would say controlled the game like we've seen him do time and time again. He's, he's just made out for test, test match rugby. He controls the game so well. Now going into the final against the All Blacks, what do you do? Do you give money the opportunity again at 10? Do you bring him off on the bench? Or do you just give Pollard the entire game? Like in the 2019 Rugby World Cup, you give him the, the sort of majority of the game, control the game from the onset. To me, I would say... Right now, I do not feel as if Mani Lebok is cut out currently for knockout rugby. I mean, it, it, it seems to be too often that when knockout rugby comes, comes along, he does not perform to the standard that we know he can perform. And I feel like the game against the All Blacks World Cup final, you need to be able to rely on somebody who has performed time and time again that being Andre Pollard. So what I would want is Pollard at 10 
I'm not sure if you even put money on the bench. And then there was one point that throughout that game, you know, the, comparing it to the French game, the French game was more, more, more like, I was more nervous in the French game and in this game because the French game just it swung one way and then swung the other, then swung one way and swung the other. But in this game against the English, it just felt like the English always had control and it was just frustrating to see that anything that could have gone wrong went wrong and you know when Owen Farrell put that grubber in behind and then Curtly fumbled it five meters from the line and then they had a scrum at that moment I thought yeah I know we are cracking so hard under pressure now I don't think this is our year honestly I felt like at that moment the Springboks weren't cut out to to win to win to win the World Cup this year and Owen Farrell, when the screen shifted to him and he was screaming, I was like, yeah, no, they are up for it. They are here for revenge from 2019. But then what has been the box, how can I say, savior? The bench. And I mean, the bench came to play. Rassi and Jacques, they pulled people so early. Like you're pulling Eben Etzebeth off. I think it was like the 50th, 5th minute. I mean, just because he wasn't he wasn't really adding much to the game. And like, Rassi focuses on winning the tiny battles, the individual battles. And I felt like Etzebeth wasn't winning those battles. But what a move it would take to take someone like him off in a semi-final against England when you are under the cosh. I mean, against the, against France... He scored the try that brought us back into the game. So now you take him off for Sneeman, which is a great player. But now you got Mustard and Sneeman, who are sort of similar in like the structure and the way they play. Like Evans, an enforcer. You wouldn't really say Sneeman or Mustard's an enforcer. But what balls it took to to make that call. And then obviously you got Oxenchair. He, how can I say, single-handedly probably won South Africa that game. Like, hands down. In the URC, he was, last season, the best scrummager. I think he had like a 96% scrum scrum win rate, losing only one, I think. The bro is, when he comes onto the field, you can just look at him. And it's like, it's like You don't want to be there in scrum time with him. And I think he's he has that saying where he's like, salads, don't win scrums. And there's like, take a picture of the cake or whatnot. And then I think Woolworths now want to give him like a year's supply of cake, which is crazy. But Oxenchair probably single-handedly won that game, game for the box. And it wasn't like we were gaining anywhere on that field throughout that game. Like our lineups weren't functioning. We weren't, before Ox came on, we weren't even, we weren't even winning the scrums. I mean, we had a bit of dominance, but we weren't dominating to get the penalties. And that was a turning point. That's why I say that guy probably single-handedly won, won that game for South Africa. He saved our asses there to get us through to the final. We needed some ascendancy. And that was the scrum. I mean, because think about it. We had a scrum. Ox won it. We kicked for touch. We had a line-out. Dion broke off the back of the line-out. And then Sneeman was there to score the try. That brought us back into the game. And then the 78th minute, what a scrum. We get a penalty. Andre steps up to take the kick. I mean, that guy has 
nerves of steel. I mean, ice in his veins. Like he's he he's like the the like a you know like Mornay stain breaks the hearts of of the British and Irish lines every 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 twelve years. Andre Pollard does seems to do it now every semi final. He just breaks semi final hearts. First twenty nineteen with the Wales and now twenty twenty three with the with the Brits. But then you could see in that last three minutes, okay, that last I'd say two minutes, where the English had the ball, where they tried to play running right because I mean they had no choice. They couldn't do the contestable kicks because they had to keep the ball to somehow get a penalty or maybe somehow score a try against block defense. But you could see in that final defensive work why the English were not running the ball throughout the entire game. Even if I thought, even if it was going to be dry weather, I wouldn't have thought the English would have run with the ball in hand because you could see that defensive work, why teams fear running the ball against the box. It's just that rush defense. It always gets you, then it always brings you back. It brings you back. I mean, I mean, you keep losing meters and meters and meters. I mean, they lost 20 meters in that last defensive, defensive work. England had that, game in hand they for 70 minutes of that game they had it in hand like they 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 this i want to say they fumbled i want to say they fumbled but let's just applaud them for their efforts i mean nobody gave them a chance i mean going into this world cup when with both week as the head coach they weren't playing good rugby i mean they lost to the fijians in the in the build up i mean they weren't playing their best and it just seems like right now they found a way or they found a system that works for them and i think this proves that Portwick is their man to take them to the to the next world cup in australia you 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 it's like it was under the cosh He's sort of pruned himself now. I mean, the game plan is boring as hell, but it works, and that's what you got to do at the end of the day. You you don't have to win test matches by twenty points. I mean, the the history books isn't going to say, oh no, they lost, they won by twenty points. They're just going to say they won. So if you win by one point at the end of the day, that's all that matters. So I think that England. I mean, I think they had like eight guys who are under twenty five in that in that in that team or in that squad so they just are now building that depth and experience for the next world cup and they are a team to look out for they it seems like they really got the system down of how they want to play rugby but now we've got the terrible outcry with the with the box it seems like everybody's just against the box first they wanted to take away the more then they complained about the seven one split now they're complaining about the scrums what like what it, this is rugby's has so many areas to the game where teams can use to their advantage and unfortunately for other teams the set pieces are with the spring box how can i say just try and exploit their, their their strengths i mean what what does one team do if you are strong in one area of the game you're going to use that area to win the game, basically. But I mean, now everybody's against them because we're using the scrums as ways to get penalties. It's it's rugby at the end of the day. And it's to me, it's quite an embarrassment because you don't see 
football players being like they want to change rules because a certain team is playing a certain way you don't see tennis players being like they want to change rules because a certain player is playing a certain way it's not, and then you have rugby who now have pundits who are complaining about how the game is being played it's it's an embarrassment for rugby i would say it really is and i don't know why we have this or they have this idea or this feeling against the box it could be because of how we complain with every time we lose i mean we kind of do do that but at the end of the day you don't you don't really need to be doing that just accept the loss move on try again in the next four years and it's like these pundits are always speaking with emotion than using their actual logic and i mean you are sports pundits but you are saying things that are completely outrageous and to me it's 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 crazy that you are doing that on a public how can i say not a public platform but you are doing that where on a show where you are supposed to be non-biased or you are just supposed to use your logic over how you're feeling with your emotion but let's move on from that and let's look at the final stretch now hopefully world rugby have learned that you don't do a world cup draw three years prior to the world cup because i mean argentina and new zealand that was absolutely terrible like the game i mean the game wasn't it was average but just the entire atmosphere it's a world cup semi-finals the biggest occasion one of the biggest occasions for the sport but the, the 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 atmosphere felt like I was watching some. I mean, Paul Ruiz, for Paul Jim, probably has more, probably had more atmosphere than New Zealand and Argentina. Like it's the 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 the, the entire feeling around that game, which was pretty pathetic. And all credit goes to New Zealand. I mean, they did what everybody expected them to do. You know, completely take apart Argentina. It seems like New Zealand are somehow not somehow but they are finding their feet on how they are going to play because i mean throughout this ian foster era they have been very inconsistent and this year too they have been very inconsistent you know they they beat the box and then they get absolutely annihilated by the box at twickenham and then in the france game it just seemed like they were absolutely nowhere it just didn't seem like they have a direction and then they had the games against, you know, Italy and Uruguay. And you were like, yeah, no, they're getting, they're, they're winning the games. But I mean, look at the opposition they're playing. But now they've sort of proven it in the games against the Irish. And now with Argent beating, absolutely taking apart Argentina, that they have, how can I say, they, can, they have found their feet. And they are back to the side with, how can I say, just the slicks, the slick handling the slick execution just doing everything to the t doing everything that you expect them to do take apart teams inside out and when you, they get a tiny bit of lead at the end of the day they just somehow just run away with it and it's it's delightful to see because now we've we've got a world cup final that has been coming along for can i say how many years one two three fifteen twenty eight years i think a World Cup final that's been coming on 28 years down the line. 
New Zealand and South Africa, it's going to be a humdinger. You know, with that Twickenham and, and New Zealand, that, at Twickenham with that SA New Zealand game, I thought, you know, this game, best game of the last decade. Obviously, New Zealand got annihilated. It wasn't the best game of the last decade, but I feel like this final, this weekend in France, I think it's going to be in Stade de France. It's going to be... It's, it's, it's going to be incredible to witness. It's... I wish I could be there, honestly. It's... At the end of the day, it feels like rugby will win at the end of the day with this final that we got. I mean, we didn't get the semi-finals we wanted, but this was, with this final of New Zealand and South Africa, it sort of... It's a good ending to a World Cup that hasn't been, how can I say, the best. So with the box up against New Zealand, what will we see? I mean, New Zealand, have, they've, they've found their feet. They've sort of found their starting 15. They've found the bench that they want. They've found how they want to play. They're making great moves on the field. So what do the box do? I mean, they looked really flat against the English this weekend. And that's what I was worried about when we made no, st- when we made no, no changes. I mean, we had an absolutely crazy game against the French and I saw a tweet where they said you can measure the box physical game I mean like you can measure how much time they spend on the field and how much impact they've had on their body but you can't measure like the emotional side of the things and the, and the mental side of things and I think that's why the box were a bit flat I think they've just mentally they could be a bit drained so what do you do do you stick with the starting 15 or do you stick with majority and stick with the bench and then, you know, give money and Kobus also another go at 9 and 10 and then have Faf and, and Pollard and Willie on the bench and you sort of stick with continuity? Or do you change things up in a World Cup final, but you change things up to bring a bit more energy to the side because it seems like they were a bit flat? So do you, do you, do you, do you maybe bring in Kane and Moody? Do you... I'm going to say, not underestimate, but I would say Kane and Moody, do you put Pollard in at 10, playing the full 80? You play Kane on one of the sides, one of the wings, because, I mean, it seems like New Zealand will bombard us with aerial kicks because it seems like that is currently the weakest point in this box setup, the contestable kicks on the wings, because we have wingers who are, how can I say, they have a lot of heart, but at the end of the day, physical attributes such as height come into play when winning those aerial contestable kicks but this will also be the toughest World Cup run ever by the box I think analyst Gus again on Twitter he did a tweet where it shows the top top six teams in the world right now the box are at the top and the five other teams the box have played every single one of those teams in this World Cup so this will be the toughest World Cup run ever I think I, I don't know if it's happened before but it seems like this is the toughest World Cup run and if the box managed to pull it off man what it would be amazing because if you look at back to 2019 i mean we played new zealand in the first game and then we people would say we sort of had an easy run through to the finals i mean we had a a quarterfinal against japan we had a real intense game against wales in the semi and then obviously we ran away with england in the final but this world cup it's been jam-packed and even though like teams such as tonga aren't in the top six, they still gave the box a very good game. They've played they played their best game of the tournament against the box. So they've the box have been up against it. They've been tested physically and mentally. So it all comes down to can they do it one more week? Can, do they have enough reserves in the tank 
to pull it off against a New Zealand team who right now seem like they are really eating their stride. It's going to be the world champs versus the best nation in terms of rugby for the past decade. It's going to be world number one versus world number two. It's going to be three World Cups versus three World Cups in the hunt for the fourth. Man, it's, like I said, it's the, it's the, it's the final we all deserve. I mean, if we were asked if we, if we would take a New Zealand and South Africa final in France, start of France, World Cup final, I would, I would, I think majority of us, majority of us would say, yes, please. It's going to be absolutely jam-packed. It's going to be a crack of a game. Hopefully, it's not a, a very tight affair. I mean, because as Springbok fans, we've, we've, our hearts are kind of, we're living life on the edge right now. We're taking tablets, you know, help our, help our heart because we just keep on winning by one point. So all I'll ask for the boxes, can we just win by like maybe eight points? I feel like that would be good on on my health because I feel like against the French and now against the English, I've aged at least 20 years. So just maybe win by eight points and then just just a game where I don't have to really stress and where I can look after my health. But that's all I got for you guys. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, helps the algorithm, you know, that's what the people say. And also if you listen on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, you gotta leave a five star review. Just yeah, start five star button. And I think that's it. Yeah. Um Wednesday there's a podcast coming out an online pod, something that I've been working on, a new format. So keep an eye out for that. And yeah. Hopefully the the box boot off at the end of the day. If they don't, they've won the hearts of many. But hopefully they do. And hopefully we can just win the trilogy. I mean, All Blacks won us at... Well, I'm not going to say won us, but they All Blacks beat us at Mount Smart. We beat them at Twickenham. It's now down to the trilogy. Okay? It's like a... It's like a Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor thing. Okay? It's down to the wire. So hopefully you guys... Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, join the Nomni gang, and I'll see you guys next time. Peace!